0: Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on Newsdoor ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, international relations. Who's getting on with who? Who's making money? Who won't be? Um, Mike's got it all sorted. Candice Bushnell, no creator of Sex and the City, uh, is back to tell us if there's still sex going on in the city. Um, And then we've got some dad jokes. What a great way to end the pod. But first up, uh, a lot of interest in
1: interest yesterday. Let me tell you, there's no mistaking what Adrian Orr did yesterday. 50 points is outside what everyone was expecting, a 1% cash rate. We've never been here. They've cut to stimulate. It is a blunt instrument, but this economy is as flat as a pancake. The great days are over, I'm afraid to tell you, and we're in the middle of a brewing storm that has been brought about by things we can't change, like a trade war. Uncertainty in Europe, tourists who don't want to get on a plane anymore, an obsession with climate change, thats it's all slowing growth. But also, a government that has managed to strangle the life out of what's left of a rock star economy. Through a series of policies, announcements and intentions, business has gone into hibernation. Job ads are down, hiring's down, intention to invest is down. On the services side, we're snapping the wallet shut. There isn't a poll, a survey or an outlook out there that points to prosperity, buoyancy, optimism or growth. So armed with that, Adrian Orr slashed 50 points in hopes for the best. So do we respond? Do you borrow? I mean, do you feel like borrowing? What about business? Do you think an extension, a modification, an expansion is a good idea? The risk for business is if they borrow, is there a customer to purchase whatever made from the expansion? Is there a person to be hired, for example? Can you afford to hire anymore? What if you're in an industry with the new government fair pay rules, where you're told what you're going to pay by the unions? What if you're one of those companies that valued the 90-day trial that's gone? Uh, From the petrol taxes to the attack on oil in Taranaki to the ETS for the farmers to the carbon bill to the techs being upended against their will and the apprenticeship programs that go with it, this is not a government for business or the business sector, and the numbers and the attitude tell the story. So it's a two-fold hit, offshore as well as onshore. Domestically, uh, do we pay our mortgages back faster and reduce our debt? Does money at 4%, for example, entice you when it's been four and a half for ages? A lot of this, of course, is about attitude. What is doing is an incentive. It's a sale, if you like, on money and access to it. He's cajoling us to get on with it, to spark things back to life. His problem is, if this doesn't work, what next? How low does he go? And if we get there, then what? An election year with a recession? Remember the other player in terms of stimulus is, of course, the government, but they've spent all the money. So what do they do? Do they start borrowing? And that's where the politics comes in, of course. Governments are elected on good economic performance. I am waiting with bated breath to hear them try and talk themselves out of this.
0: Um, so, yeah, I'm still not clear. Does the negative... If we go go to negative interest rates, the bank starts paying me to have my loan with them. Is that... I don't think that is how that works. Anyway, uh, here's some other people who are smarter about it than me, I'm sure.
1: Getting a bit of this. I think I was an idiot. By signalling zero or negative rates, he signalled holding off borrowing because it will get better if you wait. Which is true. It's what I've been saying all morning on the program. I couldn't believe what he said yesterday. Uh, The idea is, and I said all along, I'm open to correction. Maybe I'm misreading this completely. But the Reserve Bank Governor comes out and goes, "I have cut by," and you get an explanation as to why he has cut by, and then you go about your business. That's the end of the. That's the end of it. Powell the other day wasn't going around saying, "Well, you know, we're doing three more before the end of the year." He was just saying, this is what we've done. Mike, how stupid is Adrian Orr as Reserve Bank Governor lowers the interest rate to stimulate borrowing and then when question says, no big deal, we could go negative, who's going to borrow now? You wait. That seems to be the logic.
0: Right, this stuff does my head in, to be honest. Negative interest rates, how does that work?
1: Um, It's much easier just to try and sort out all the world's problems. Now, the interesting thing I've been thinking about relationships, especially ones that are strained, is it often comes down to the very simple question, who needs who more? So a couple of examples, Britain and Europe, US and China, and now we've got Scotland and the UK Now, on the first one, it is why I backed Brexit. It's why I like Boris. Britain is a great nation with an even greater history. They are not what they were, but they can be if they play it right. And much of any part of history, especially when you're dealing with a country, surrounds the quality of leadership. Boris is potentially a great leader. He certainly has great vision. Britain after October, I can assure you, is going to be just fine. Might take a while, but they've spent the vast majority of their existence not attached to Europe. So they've got plenty of history, plenty of experience to fall back on. Second one, Trump. Trump is not a great leader, which is not to dismiss his impact or indeed his re-election chances. But history, big picture, history will not judge him well. And the bit he doesn't understand right now is China. Uh, China don't need him as much as he thinks they might. And the outcome of the trade war, here's my prediction, is going to be that he backs down. Now, it won't be that obvious or that overt or that blunt, but he's fundamentally misunderstood how they think. The US is the biggest economy in the world, of course, but China are closing. And the world needs and wants China more than they want and need America, especially given under Trump, America's more interested in America than than they are the world. That's the insidious side of China, I guess, of course, for some people. And it's got so many people worried, but you can't argue with their expansionist success and their global influence, and growing global influence. And all of that is driven by their long-term view, that we in the West have only just woken up to. I mean, Trump doesn't see past next year. The Chinese are already into next century. And then the third example, Scotland. They are walking into very, very dangerous territory. Because of the three examples, Scotland is by far the weakest of the lot. Does Britain need Scotland? Not really. They're a nice northern attachment with a quality history, but what else? Oil? Wind? Heather? Bagpipes? Scotland leaving the UK would see essentially the end of Scotland. That's why they ultimately didn't vote for it when they had a chance. Nicola Sturgeon's now running around with her new poll, touting a 52-48 result to leave. That's about as dangerous a leader as you could possibly want. Not accepting the last result, she wants another crack. Like the Remainers, they love democracy until it doesn't go their way. You can't keep coming back for more. Or as Trump puts it, you can't keep asking for a do-over. It's the old saying, be careful for what you ask for, you might just get it. And it's a creaky old world at the moment, and not all of the people in charge have a clue as to what they're doing. We are, I think, but a few steps away in some cases, from historic regret. Mm, Take it all back.
0: That was a bit complicated, wasn't it?
1: Trying to fix the world.
0: Uh, Boy, oh boy. I've got a thorough brow in the podcast today. I don't like it can we lighten things up by talking about sex in the city? Although is that a bit sort of last century and now that we've me too'd everything to death it's just not appropriate anymore.
1: You come with a reputation and an image and a brand and a name and a certain level of success. Do you scare people off, do you think?
2: Um, you know, there are a lot of people who I'm not interested in, who I don't spend my time pretending that I'm going to be interested in them. But I I actually have a relationship. Um, no, I don't. No. I don't scare people off. I mean, I have people coming up to me, and usually people come up to me and tell me, you know, tell me to write a book about their lives. Yeah. but but And, you... and they tell me their stories and tell me to write about them. But, but, but no, I...
1: Your success doesn't worry, you know, men, I would be see look I'm, I mean I'm a little bit younger than you but not too much and I'm married and I'm not I'm not I'm not, you know, asking you out but but I would be intimidated by your success.
2: Well, okay.
1: That doesn't bother you.
2: Uh no. It it really doesn't bother me.
1: So so that's because my that's my problem like, not yours. I don't
2: feel like- yeah, I mean, I don't feel like my mission in life is to, to be unintimidating to men. Mm. I mean, I hope I'm intimidating to them and, you know, give them the what for.
0: <laughs> I prefer to be intimidated. I'm uncomfortable if I'm not. I prefer to be told what to do. Not just by women. Anyone, really. Um, I just I don't like having my own ideas, make my own decisions. Uh, just, can't you just leave me be and just let me tell you the old dad joke? Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Something
1: for the Dad airs this morning, Reddit. The question is, what's your favourite dad joke? Here's how we went. What's your favourite dad joke? I took up origami for a while, but I gave it up because it was too much paperwork. I love my furniture. My recliner and I go way back. I told my wife she drew her eyebrows too high. She looked surprised. At the park with my girl's dad, can we go play? Me, sure. Just stay away from those trees over there, girls. Hmm, okay, why? Me? I don't know, they look a little shady to me. Did you hear about the chameleon who couldn't change colours? He had a reptile dysfunction. I was abducted by a group of mimes. They did unspeakable things to me. I like to tell cheesy jokes, but all my friends are are, are laugh-toes intolerant. What's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Snowballs Yep
0: um, And then of course Everybody just took that As an open invitation To Send in their best dad jokes And by best I mean terriblest.
1: What do you call a parrot Under an umbrella Polyunsaturated Gotta stop this no, that's,
0: uh, that's, See that's not That's that just not a an old joke,
1: joke? It's just, just a joke It's not a dad joke No the,
0: your main criteria for a dad joke Is that it has to be one that all the dads In the room think is hilarious <laughs> And all the children in the room go Oh no, come on a dad, dad. Joke. Uh, And I think there's usually Not always but usually It's a heavily pun orientated thing As well I think you are fine. Uh, I am Glen ZB licensed to tell dad jokes, two I We'll see you back here again uh, Tomorrow For more